Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, and I'm sitting here with my first cup of coffee. Well, really London fog, but you know, it wouldn't work well on a website anyway. <laughs> you know, so today is Thursday, November 8th, and it's about 8.15 in the morning. I've been busy with... Uh, Business for Seasons of Sorcery, that's coming together. I'll talk a little bit about that. We had a uh, backdoor cold front come in, which for us means it comes from the east instead of a whole lot of our weather comes from, well, really every direction but east. Um, a lot of it from the west and the south and often from the north. Uh, so when it comes from the east, it backs up on us. And so we have some very cool, moist, and heavy air uh, that settled in overnight. It's supposed to get pretty cold tonight, down to the lower 20s Fahrenheit. And it's really cool because where I live, we're kind of higher altitude than a lot of the area. And as I look down into the Galisteo Basin, I can see that it's entirely filled with fog. It's like looking down onto a a white sea, white and blue and gray sea. And I know that down there, all the people are just, that looks like it's overcast to them. It's such a cool phenomenon of this area. But up here, we're bright and sunny, blue skies and sunny. So I'll put a picture of that on there for you guys to see. It's hard to capture. Hard to give a real... Uh, good idea of how it looks to the eye. It's certainly a thing about photography, isn't it? That you, it's really difficult to get a photo that shows what the eye sees, which I think is probably what separates out the very good photographers from the amateurs. Uh, why, especially some like the, the really excellent portrait photographers are able to reveal things about the person rather than just snapping the, I don't know, like we would do, take a casual snapshot. They have a, a way of capturing personality. I took a photography class when we first moved to Santa Fe, mostly to learn how to work my fancy camera, which I almost never use now because we use our phones, right? <laughs> uh, that's really unfortunate. I get it out for the telephoto lens and stuff. But one thing that the teacher said that I found very useful was that you have to keep in mind that we photograph light, which is how vision works too, right? Our light stimulates the cells in our retinas that then translates into an image in our brains. So that's one reason why it's very difficult to get the same thing that you see, that, you, that your brain is filling in. Um, because I can look out over this whole vase, basin up and down and see all of the nuance, um, my brain assembling that image, whereas my phone just captures the light, captures the light bouncing off of the image. It's a useful way to think about photography, though, that you're not photographing the thing, you're photographing the light that's bouncing off of the thing. 
So I guess I'm not a lot of fog, but not a lot of light bounces off of fog, right? So I suppose that makes it inherently tricky as well. So should be a a nice cozy couple of days though. Um, I have finished my reads of the Sorceress Moon's books thus far. And, uh, yeah, book four, The Force of the Drew, <laughs> Force of Drew, does end kind of abruptly. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, you guys. Um, one of my readers who lives in Albuquerque and works in Santa Fe, Terry Beth Chanel, uh, so, because she's local and she works on Bubonicon, which is an Albuquerque conference. That's that's really fun every August. Uh, so occasionally, Terry Beth and I meet up for lunch or something, and she said that uh, she said I ended that book mid paragraph. Was right after she finished reading it. <laughs> she was really annoyed with me. I was like, "You can't say that to me." She's like mid. Paragraph, which is not accurate, but it is abrupt. I remember revising that ending. I might have been on a timeline, but I remember that my editor had said that the ending was too abrupt and I needed to tie off some things. And so I'd added some stuff to the ending. And it's still, it is a little cliffhangery. I apologize for that because I don't, I really don't try to write cliffhangers. Um, and it does end on a very suspenseful note. It's cool. I was like, oh, I remember all this. That's why I had to reread it. So, so yeah, now I'm digging into uh, laying the words down and getting those going. Though also dealing with some of the business on Seasons of Sorcery, which comes out next Tuesday. We have the formatted files, and everyone's been licking them over, so now we're just sort of... um Picking at the nits, getting those out of there. Uh, did you guys know that picking nits is a reference to picking lice? Like nits are lice, so it's like going through the fur or hair and picking out the little lice. <laughs> picking the nits. Oh, I always thought that was amusing. It kind of feels that way too, you know, sort of vaguely, like those things are soiling. Soiling the story or soiling the presentation of the book. And it's funny doing a, a group project like this with other authors because even though I'm the one handling the business and doing the uploading, so I kind of get veto on some decisions. Overall, we're collaborating and we've we decide on things together, you know, and everybody has their things. Everybody has their things that they obsess about and have to get right. Um, yeah, it's just funny, you know, like we talked about widows and orphans, which is really something I hadn't thought about in a long time. But I remember really obsessing about it back with Word Perfect when we did a lot of stuff where it would be printed out. Um, you know, and that's when you have just like a few words on a line, um, like if, you know, it wraps up to the next page and you just have like a trailing sentence there with just a few words there. Um, 
that would be an orphan and then a widow's like at the top of the sentence. There's just a few words in that at the bottom of a page. Um, you know, and we used to really spend a lot of time going through this with so much stuff being read digitally. I think that's part of when I stopped worrying about it so much. Um, you know, it's sort of like a caveat, ye who must print this out, you're going to get widows and orphans. Of course, with a digital book, you can't worry about it because if somebody changes the font size, which is one of the great things about having a digital reader, right? If somebody changes the font size, it's going to change the whole sentence flow, right? So it's you simply can't worry about it. But at any rate, one of our authors pointed out that for our POD versions, our print-on-demand, that there are widows and orphans in there, and where are we going to take care of that? And I was like, no, <laughs> just don't worry about it. And um, she felt like it was important, um, and I just don't. And and that was a case where I where I vetoed it because we can do a whole lot to make our self-published print books the same quality as uh, traditionally published books. But in the end, there are some things that limit us. And one is the price. And I think, you know, most readers who buy self-published books are pretty aware of this. But because we are not printing in bulk, because we are doing print on demand and necessarily have to work through, uh, you know, a retailer like Amazon or Ingram or Barnes and Noble to produce those print books. In order for us to have any profit on that book at all, and and they and they set it up in certain ways with their royalty structure too, where they won't let us price it below a certain point. So then we have to price it a little bit above that so that we can make at least a little bit of money on it, which means that we have to price those books screamingly high. Um, and, you know, and it's like, I feel bad pricing something at a point that I probably wouldn't pay as a reader. Uh, maybe I would. It, certainly I bought hardbound books in the past because I had to have it. And I know many people are serious about collecting series. So the seasons of sorcery print book will probably be in the neighborhood of $16.99, uh, And it'll be trade paperback size, so it'll match the other ones, at least in the Twelve Kingdoms series. You know, and what can you do? Um, but one thing that happens is if, if we did go through and adjusted all of that text to remove the widows and orphans, uh, it would create the pa- create more pages. And number of pages affects the the price. The, the more pages, the higher the price. And, and that's just a, f- a physical cost thing. It's like more paper, you know, more space, more words, all of that. So one thing we did for the, uh, the POD version of the book is we all have shorter back matter like the bio and the links and stuff at the end and how much space is put in there. We uh, took that and we condensed that for the print version versus the version to try to make it as short as possible. But um, 
we're not going to be able to fix the widows and orphans. So, you know, it's a funny thing, the kinds of conversations that you get into. And um, Jennifer suggested that we do a panel sometime on what you need to do for multi-author anthologies like this. And I think that's a great panel topic. I think we'll propose it for our WA in New York. So yeah, at this point, we're doing all of these little businessy things I need to get. Because we did pre-order, um, the retailers are all down to the rule where you have to have the file uploaded 72 hours, so three days, before the book goes live. And it's like um, at 11, they have it like 11 p.m. Uh, Pacific time the day before. So at any rate, tomorrow night is my deadline for getting that final file in there. And you really have to check because sometimes, you know, Amazon makes you, if you're going to do a pre-order, they have you put a placeholder file in there. And it can be anything at all. Um, I have learned to put in a very simple Word document that says this is a placeholder file because there have been occasions when uh, Amazon has sent out the placeholder instead of the final file. And, you know, and then the readers are like, what the heck? Because you sent them something that was like the beginning of the book. So at least this way, if they get the placeholder file and it's a document that says this is a placeholder file, then they'll know that Amazon screwed it up. So at any rate, I'm hoping to get all of that in today. Um, I think I'm also going to put up a little bit of advertising about with a prince since that's my thanksgiving romance i always think it's fun to have thematic romances and that one has my big friends thanksgiving dinner with drama and fight and hashtags which never fails to amuse me and what else I think that's the majority of stuff that's going on. Yeah. Um, it's, a you know, picking the nits and juggling a lot of the balls. And then um, once this is done, I'll be able to really sink into Sorcerer's Moons and get that all written out. And that'll be lovely. Lovely, lovely. Um I think uh, it's going to be an interesting culmination to that series. Uh, if you all, those of you who are fans of Sorcerer's Moons, if you have particular questions or uh, things that are standing out in your mind as, I'm really hoping we're going to find out about this or that, um, please do let me know. Send me an email or comment. Um, I think it won't hurt if you comment. It's because it would be still a question, right? So, you know, I, I would be interested in what things, since I'm going to try to write both books five and six and get that finished out. And so that everyone knows, uh, so that it's what all tied up, all tied up. All right. Well, I guess I'm, I'm I'm starting to go into that drafty mode. You guys can probably tell because I'm thinking about the story. So I shall sign off for the day. I hope you all have a lovely Thursday. Um, 
one more day in the work week after this. And uh, and then it's weekend time. I've got Lyra this weekend, Land of Enchantment Romance Authors. And uh, my friend Dorinda Jones is going to spend the night tomorrow night. So that'll be fun. I think we're going to go see that Melissa McCarthy movie, um, Can You Ever Forgive Me, about the writer who forges letters. That seems <laughs> the down and out writer who's running out of money, uh, forging letters to make money. So that should be, that seems very appropriate for us to go see. So that ought to be entertaining. All right. I will talk with you all tomorrow. Thanks for sharing my first cup of coffee with me. Bye-bye.